Hello, I'm Kendra Von Esch, and you are listening to my 10-minute daily podcast, Reality Reflections. I bought into what this world said would make me happy. Money, prestige, power. And hey, if it feels good, do it, because life is stressful, so party hard. Do whatever makes you happy. But that didn't quite work out, because I felt even more insecure, full of fear, shame, and anxiety, and never, ever good enough. Then God found me and flipped my reality upside down and transformed my life. And I want this for everyone. So I left my executive career to help others find true acceptance, supernatural peace, joy, and love that only comes from a relationship with God. Here is my reality reflection for today. What does it mean to evangelize? It's a big word. I remember only knowing like the people on TV when I grew up, like Tammy Faye Baker. I can remember her explicitly. I'm sure a lot of you can. But when you think about evangelizing, I think people are kind of overwhelmed. What does that really mean? And how in the heck am I going to do it? Because I don't know the Bible. I don't know Bible verses. I'm not exactly sure about the Catholic teachings. I don't want to open my mouth. How do I do this? Because I know God wants me to. So we're going to talk about evangelization. And I am going to read you a horrible definition. And we're going to, actually, I typed in evangelist because each one of us is called to be not only a disciple, but a true evangelist because they go hand in hand. Here are the weak definitions. (laughs) Any of the authors of the four gospels in the New Testament, traditionally identified by the names Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Second one is one who practices evangelism, especially a Protestant preacher or missionary. And then the third one is one who promulgates or promotes something enthusiastically. Okay, that last one is pretty much it, right? We need to promote the gospel enthusiastically. So what does that mean? Practically, how do you do this? without sounding like some sort of overbearing Jesus freak. And yes, I'm saying that with tenderness and love because I am a full Jesus freak. I am 100% head over heels in love with God. And I used to run away from anyone who was. I used to call them Jesus freaks. And the ironic thing was, was when I would say, oh my gosh, get away from me, you Jesus freak, I would put up the sign of the cross with my fingers. I mean, how ironic is that? <laughs> like, get away. You know how like you, you know, try to hold someone off and you're joking about it? Yeah, that's what I would do with Jesus freaks. Try to put the sign of the cross up to, oh, it's just hilarious. Okay. I find it funny at least. So how, how, how? I'm going to give you a couple of examples in my life because you do not have to be someone who is in ministry to evangelize. You don't have to be on TV. You could do it just right in your own home. 
And I'm going to show you a couple ways that, that I've done it. And it is truly just sharing your life with Jesus with others. And, and tying it back to the Bible. Because it's not about, I think, I feel, I believe. It's about God said, Jesus said, salvation is. And that whole salvation part is probably the hardest to kind of weave into your evangelism, if you will. So I'll leave that to the end. Gosh, don't let me forget. I should write this down. Do I have a piece of paper here? <laughs> Salvation. Okay, got it. All right. So here's, here's how you do it. You just share what's going on in your life with somebody in your life. So like my husband, he's with me every single day. I've been complaining to him that I have not worked out since we got back from his father's house almost a month ago. I was doing great. I was, <clears throat> excuse me, feeling muscle. My body was changing. I was getting more flexible. And then I went completely on nothing. And so I've been whining and complaining about it, but I haven't done anything. And this morning, that was what I had heard in my meditation. So I, I asked the Lord what he wants me to do, not what he wants me to say on this podcast. Sometimes it comes over to the podcast, sometimes it doesn't. But my prayer is, through the word today, Lord, tell me what you want me to do. <laughs> and one of those is exercise and evangelize with that. So that if I exercise today, I can share with my husband when he comes home that I did exercise because in prayer, I honestly thought about my body and what the Bible says about it. And the Bible says this, my body is not my own. And it was purchased at a great price by Jesus dying on the cross for me. And that my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And I should treat it like that. So when my husband comes home, I can tell him that I exercised. And the reason that I exercised was because I heard God say, look, this is the body that I gave you, the temple of the Holy Spirit. It's in the Bible. This is not my body. It's a borrowed body. And I need to take care of it. And so I can just share that with him and say, so guess what, hon? I actually worked out and I feel great. And maybe I have a new reason, a new motivation behind taking care of my body, which then will, honestly, you all know this, right? My, if I'm healthier, if I'm stronger, if I have more endurance, if I can have more energy, I'm going to love and be able to take care of myself and those around me better. Okay, here's another example. Let's say you're fighting sin. Maybe you're trying to lose weight or you're in Lent and you've communicated to some people what you're trying to do. Maybe everyone's going to be like, whoa, ho, ho, she's going to try to quit coffee. Stay away from her, you know, but... You have a moment in that temptation 
where you called on the power of Jesus Christ. Maybe you delivered the spirit of temptation, right? And gluttony. And you went to Jesus for some help for his strength. And you can share that explaining the power of Jesus's name with someone. I do it with my Oreos. Remember, I've <laughs> I've gone and said many times that I have had bodily, like my body was shaking, like go have the Oreos, you know, and I was like walking 20 times faster than I normally do to whip that door open and tear that package open. And there were two times that that had happened to me during Lent when I, that was what I gave up. Hello. I was only supposed to eat one meal a day. And I'm telling you, I'm not going to make a meal out of Oreos. If that's my, <laughs> if that's my deal. Oh, sorry. I had to take a sip of water. So yeah, that, so two different times. One was absolute ridiculous lack of control. I just ripped open that package before you knew it. I had mowed down a whole, or maybe it's mowed down, a whole row of Oreos, family size package, mind you. And I don't even remember, didn't enjoy it. And then I started feeling sick with all that stuff in my stomach. It was nasty. Excuse me. And then I had to repent. I mean, this was my Lenten sacrifice and I just completely blew it. Not only did I blow it, I didn't just have one. I had like, I don't know, however many are in a row. (laughs) Twelve? I don't know. And then the other time was when that bodily urge, I literally was shaking. My whole body was like, ah, get me an Oreo now. And I stopped and I called on Jesus and I delivered the spirit of temptation. And I had this complete and utter peace, that, that urgency, that bodily craziness was gone in an instant I looked up to God and I said, oh my, thank you, Jesus. It was incredible. I share that all the time. I told my husband when he walked in the door, because at that time, for those of you who are following me, you probably remember I, in the beginning of the the lockdown in 2020, I had a really big problem. I immediately just started eating and I was real successful with my one meal a day and I was traveling and it was a challenge and I was praying through it. And then all of a sudden we're locked down. All my speaking engagements are canceled. And I was kind of, and I, I went off the deep end. Sins were coming and attacking me. Temptations that I hadn't thought about forever were coming at me. And then it was a week, about a week and a half. And I finally prayed to God saying, what is going on? I was so tired. I was falling asleep during mass on TV, right? Because we had to, everything was shut down. I was sleeping all day. Oh, it was horrible. And that was when God said, you're not using the weapons I gave you. Like deliverance prayers. And it hit me like a ton of bricks. And I said, you're right. Thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I have not prayed deliverance prayers for a week and a half, right? Since this whole thing happened. And I can't believe I haven't seen the attacks coming around me. Wow. I started my deliverance prayers at that moment and had such relief. What about the trials in your life? (laughs) We all go through trials, right? Maybe you lost your job or you were interviewing for a job and you didn't get it. 
Maybe you have an illness in the family or you had a death in the family or you're going through marital problems. You got problems with your kids. Look, life is filled with trials, period. End of discussion. Pick one, pick however many, where God came into your life, gave you peace, gave you unexpected blessings, and you had thanks and gratitude in this bad time. Like I think about how when my mother-in-law was going through hospice and we were all together, what a what an emotional time, what a tragic time. It was definitely heartbreaking because we knew she's basically going to die. Yet at the same time, there was this, this bonding and this bringing together of my husband's side of the family who all live in, in they live 14 hour drive away from us. So it's, they're not close. And so when we were there for that amount of time, including the boys, we all got to get to know each other and there was such love and kindness and grace just flowing through the whole thing. I could sense it. Jeff could sense it. I mean, we talked about it on the way home and I said, that's God. That's God bringing good out of all bad for those who love him and live for his purpose. And our purpose is to love ourselves and to love our neighbors and also most important to keep God the center of our life, Right. The two greatest commandments. So where has he come and given you that peace? Or maybe you've got a forgiveness story. Or you've all heard my confession story. I tell it a million, bazillion, gazillion times because it's the thing that changed me. It's the pivotal point in my journey. And what a great sacrament. One we should frequent all the time. I may even go into this homily that I heard. Maybe I'll put that at the end. Confession. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Anna. This might be a long one, kids. So again, then tie it back to the Bible, right? Say that you called out in Jesus for, your, for his peace to help you accept what's going on in your life, to have like the humility to let go of the control in these horrible trials and situations to ask him to help us not be mad at him. And then when he does deliver, which for me, he has many times, we could also use deliverance there, right? When did we, were we in a sense of trial where we had such fear and worry and anxiety and all of a sudden we delivered those away in Jesus's name and boom, we had this peace. It's another stuff you can share. Salvation. That's pretty much, I think, where the forgiveness piece comes in. So salvation and forgiveness. And, I'm, and this is actually going to tie in the homily that I heard at Mass on Sunday. I can't take credit for this. So let me, let me pull all these things together. Okay. So Jesus died on the cross for us. He, by his death and his precious blood, gave us forgiveness of our sins through the sacrament of reconciliation. And this is the cool thing. That's salvation. That's the gospel. 
And that's hard to just say (laughs) to someone, you know, like repent and believe in the gospel. That's it. That is what evangelizing is, but that's not exactly the easiest thing to do or to say to someone, unless of course you can pull it into a story, (laughs) your own confession story, your own reconciliation. And this was the awesome homily. So he, um, he was a, a substitute for my regular pastor. And he said, okay, I'm going to ask everyone. It was like a participation homily. It was kind of awkward, but he's like, I want to ask everyone, you know, tell me a story about something that you cannot do that you need someone else to do for you. And, you know, we'll skip to it. And he said, this is what Jesus did for us. We cannot reconcile ourselves with God on our own. We can't do it ourselves. We have to rely on Jesus. Jesus did it. Jesus saved us. And he said, why is it that we talk about reconciling with God? Most often as lay people, we call it confession. And when we call it confession, we really kind of make it about us me, myself, and I, and how bad I've been and what I've done. When we should be looking directly to Jesus for his love of us and call it reconciliation because then it becomes about Jesus and what he's done. And through him, we can reconcile ourselves to the Father through his death and resurrection. And that is salvation. But it's, (laughs) right, it's hard to say that directly to someone. So when I talk about my confession stories, and they're They're numerous. Of course, my big one was the biggie, where I feel the sensation physically in my body of the Holy Spirit outpouring into me. And it changes my life. And I have this joy, and I'm running around talking about God and confession and Catholicism, my second week on my journey. (laughs) That's, That's pretty, you know, that's I could talk about that all day, every day, but there's even more times that I bring up confession and how emotional they can be and how much grace is poured out in that. So though these are all practical ways through our lives, through our stories, through our witnesses today and in the future, that's how we bring God in. So through the confession thing, I, you know, then I knew there was a God. And yes, I need forgiveness. And I need to change. And I need to figure out what this Catholic thing is all about. These are all the things that kind of happened as a result of that confession. No one gets to the Father except through me says Jesus. 
the bread of life discourse for John, eating his flesh, drinking his blood, literally gnawing on it, chewing on it. That's the word, I believe, in Greek. That's how you're pulling the gospel in, right? You must be baptized. These are biblical truths that we can tie in to our stories that make our lives living, breathing, biblical parables. It's pretty cool. That is evangelization. But you must do it enthusiastically. Like if my husband comes home today, right, and I, and I exercise and I like look at him and I, and I hated it or I fought all the way through it or whatever. And I look at him and I'm like, yeah, I made myself exercise because I had this guilt of God and blah, blah. That's not, that's not evangelization. That's not it. It's God put on my heart that, wait a minute, this isn't your body. This is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And look at how you're treating it. Start treating it better so that it's a, it's a double whammy, right? So that you're, you're fulfilling the request that the Bible, the truth of the word is telling you. And you're going to be a better person because you're going to have more energy, more strength, more endurance, more stamina. Okay, it's another long one, but an important one. So today, pray for the Lord to give you one thing to do today where you can evangelize and glorify God and preach the gospel. The gospel, right? Just preach the truth of the Bible. Tie it in. Use, play this back. Write down examples. You, if you don't know any Bible verses, or, you know, you can say Bible verses for temptation, Bible verses for drunkenness, or Bible verses for adultery. I mean, the, the web is a pretty creative thing. I mean, you can search that and f always put the word Catholic in it. For those who are not Catholic, obviously you can look at different versions out there. I, I can't tell you which version, but anyway, help yourself, help yourself. And you don't have to do a lot of searching. You know your stories. You just find a couple of examples in the Bible and the, 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 you say, God says, boom, 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 in the Bible. They can't look at you and say, liar. No, 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 it's, it's in the Bible and it's God, not me. Okay, enough on that. But it's fun. The more you do it, the easier it gets. The more you practice it. Okay, I don't, I just speak, you know, that's just, that's I think the gift that God gave me is a bit of this evangelization, storytelling, and he's given me a lot of real life experiences that I can share. So that's just a blessing and a grace all in one. And I think in some cases, if it helps you, if you're a little shot, maybe you rehearse it. Maybe you write it down. Maybe that's then you can have your story. 
I think, I don't know. I read that somewhere that if you're, if you're not comfortable sharing your faith, share your little story. We all need a, what they call one to two minute elevator pitch about who we are quickly. You know, like people, what do you do? You get that all the time. And I remember in the beginning how uncomfortable I was because I was still concerned about the world's opinion of me. Usually when people say, what do you do? They don't know who you are (laughs) very well. And so when people would ask that to me when I had first left my executive career, because I would love to tell people that I was a chief information officer. Yeah. Ask me what I do. Ask me what I do. You know, I was like a kid because that was who I was. That was what defined me. That was my kind of God, right? That powerful position, materialistic lifestyle, that kind of stuff. And then when people would ask me what I did after when I I was in ministry, and I just want to say I was a Catholic speaker and evangelist, it was hard. I, I would, this is what I would do. I said, well, I used to be a chief information officer for corporate America for about 20 years, but I left it all so that I could become a Catholic evangelist and speaker, share how God changed my life, how the Catholic church and God, or I, what do I say? How God and the Catholic church has changed my life. That's, that's my longer version Kind of like, this is what I, and then they kind of look at me and they want to know more. There's the, there's always something really like, what kind of an idiot are you (laughs) kind of thing usually happens. And then it asks, you know, they lead into more questions anyway, but, and it's, but normally, I mean, now today I just say, oh, I'm a Catholic speaker and evangelist. And they're like, no, Hey, how'd you get into that? And then I, you know, tell them, oh, I used to do this, but I don't do it out of shame. Cause it was almost, I was almost embarrassed and I didn't, I was like, ah, oh, people are going to think I'm again, worried about other people. And what a blessing it is when God gives you that grace of detachment to live for that audience of one. Because when you look at Jesus, when you're dead, he is going to say to you, how much did you share me to those around you? All too often, people live their faith alone and they don't share it because they're scared. So deliver the fear, right? There's nothing to fear. Why not be excited to share the moments that God has changed you? We got to have one. (laughs) I hope. I know y'all have many. It's just a matter of sharing it with, with enthusiasm. You're promoting life and salvation. I mean, and you're going to look at Jesus one day and he's going to say, how many people did you bring with you? That was the reason that I did honestly choose ministry because I was doing it one by one, which is great. And lots of you can and should, by the way, that's how you do it. 
Woe to the person who sat next to me on a plane. They got an earful of Catholicism in my story. (laughs) Anybody that I sat next to at the bar, at the airport, I mean, I was traveling all over the place. That was my life, you know? So I was sharing my faith one by one by one, which I believe, again, was God preparing me to share it on a bigger stage, to share it in a bigger way, globally, through media and technology of all kinds that I hate because I'm not good at it at all. (laughs) Even though I was in, I led technology companies, I cannot do technology. Okay, but I digress. One by one by one. Practice if you have to. That's evangelization. And we are all called to evangelize, be disciples, and make disciples. I'm telling you, when you share something that God did in your life, that changed how you look at the world, that's, that is what faithful people should be doing. They should be look. It changes your world view. It changes everything, actually. It's beautiful. And so those moments that you have, those epiphanies or these, you know, experiences with God are, are ones to share and share, even if it's just with one person. But hey, if you see someone struggling with something, something you used to struggle with, but God helped, helped with it, why not go there? Okay. Sorry. My goodness. It's almost 30 minutes. And I know you all have lives. So let's take a moment today to ask the Lord how he wants you to glorify him to someone in your life with some action that you can share his peace, his love, right? Just like me. I'm going to exercise and I'm going to share it with my husband and I'm going to tell him that, I mean, it really was God. I've said how many times that I'm going to, I'm going to start and I haven't. This is what prayer does. Prayer actually intertwines with your life. When you meditate on the word of God and you, you see, you know, it wasn't about evangelizing in a way that was just plain old evangelizing. It was evangelizing in a way that He's telling me enough already, get back into working out because, because of these things, because of what the Bible says to take care of the temple of the Holy Spirit and that this body is not my own, it was purchased at a great price. So look, it's a, it's a change for me that can then be <laughs> a beautiful glorifying moment to God. And that is what it's all about. All righty, everyone. I love you all. Find something more with God. Have a blessed and inspired day.